0: guardians of grace what's wrong welcome to the guardians of grace podcast relax You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm across the table from my partner, good buddy, longtime friend,
0: Grace Guard Dog, Steve. Hello, everybody. It's good to be here. We're glad that you're here, and we're looking forward to a a new podcast launching off on what we talked about during the Easter series why he prepared us to be vessels that he lives in. What the Christian life is actually about. What is the essence of the Christian life? Do you have a clear picture about what is the essence of the Christian life? Hopefully, we'll give you a clear picture of that in the next coming month. Starting now. Starting today. Well, I was going to say first thing we should do is a recap of what we did over the during the Easter series.
1: I was going to say the same thing.
0: So. Oh, okay, because it's a launching board into uh, getting an understanding of what the essence of the Christian life it, it truly is. I think it's a launching pad. But go ahead. What, what did I say? Launching board. Launching board. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see. We did the Easter. Series on just the idea that Jesus was plainly telling the disciples that he was going to heaven and he was going to prepare the disciples to be
1: vessels that he would live in. He the, was, and we brought up the point that the, th- the things he plainly told the disciples in the upper room discourse... Love that term. You got it. You got it in there. He also told the multitudes in parables, and we said we'd revisit that because yeah. it was kind of a bigger. Th- that's true substitute. too.
0: That's true too. We'll see how some of the parables speak about the same pictures that Jesus spoke plainly of.
1: Yeah. Let and me just ask this first to all the guard dogs out there, out in the Grace Guard Dog Pound. How many of you, and I'm including myself, and I think I'm including you, thought Jesus spoke in parables so we could understand clearly what he was saying? To make it easier on us. He he gave out these word pictures
0: to to make it easier on us to understand heavenly principles.
1: Okay, so raise your hand if you... We have no way of knowing that, but...
0: But now put it back so you don't embarrass yourself because that's not why Jesus spoke in parables. What is the reason Jesus spoke
1: in parables? Jesus answers that question himself. He says... Matthew 13, 13. Easy one to remember.
0: Yeah. He he says, Therefore I speak to them in parables because while seeing they do not see, while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive, for the heart of the people has become dull in their ears they scarcely hear and they have closed their eyes that they shouldn't see with their eyes and on it on it goes but he, he says I spoke to them so that they would not understand me yet because he was still on his secret mission and like it says in first Corinthians if they would have understood Jesus's secret mission, they would not have crucified
1: the Son of Glory. Jesus had to keep them in the dark so they would do this horrible thing of crucifying the Son of God. Exactly. So, consequently, from
0: the time he speaks plainly in John chapter 14, all through the epistles into the book of Revelation... You're unveiling what he said in those parables. These epistles are giving you the meaning of the parables. That's how you find out the meaning of the parables. You go into the epistles and they tell you
1: what the meaning of the parables are. Let's just look at a few parables and then we'll maybe go into the epistles to understand them.
0: Yep, yep, okay, and... While you're thinking of of a parable to go to, let me just say since we were in John 14 that Philip said to Jesus, show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus said to Philip, Philip, have you known me for so long? Don't you know that if you've seen me, you have seen the Father Believe this because of the works that I do. Let the works themselves that you see me doing cause you to believe that you have seen God. That has a significant starting point for understanding the essence of the Christian life. Because he was saying, if you see me do good things and things that are edifying, then you've seen God in me doing those and this is when he was speaking plainly he was speaking so plainly that they said we can tell your god now but he wasn't speaking in parables he says if you see me doing good things you guys you've seen god in me and now just see if
1: that isn't what he's saying in the parables and he said that right maybe six verses earlier to start the chapter he says one of those things that i always thought was a command you believe in god i thought he was saying now start believing in me but he's actually not saying that he's it's it's not a uh what's the word for if if you believe in god you believe in me right it's not an imperative it's a declarative declarative Indicative.
0: Indicative. Statement. He's saying if you've.
1: It's a conditional clause actually. He's saying if you believe in God. You're also believing in me.
0: Yeah. Or or it means if you believe in God. That means you're You're believing believing in Jesus. Because God is speaking through Jesus. Is the point Jesus is making. And they're believing the person speaking through Jesus, which is God. So if you believe in Jesus, you believe in God because God is speaking through Jesus is the point that he's trying to make when he's
1: talking plainly. God in three persons. Yes.
0: Let's look at one of the parables like the the Matthew 5.14 parable where Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and nobody takes that light and hides it, but he puts it on a lampstand that the whole room will be lit. Let your works be done in such a way that they glorify your God. Let your works be done so that they glorify your God, he says, you don't hide the, the light. And they didn't know what he meant because he was speaking in parables. But when he's speaking plainly, he's saying, I am the light of the world. Let me shine through you. Don't hide that fact that I'm shining through you, but proclaim the idea. It's It's not me, Steve, doing these good works, it's God in me. Glorify him because he's doing it through me. That's what Jesus is saying in this particular parable. But I think
1: Bill's got a parable or two. We do, and I was just gonna say Jesus concluded that in the John seventeen. Where he says, I I made you known to the disciples, and I will make you known. To the world. It's that light that shines. Jesus is the light of world. The, he's the lamp in the parable. <laughs> yes. But it's misunderstood in the, the parable.
0: No, no, yeah. I, I mean, he, even the prophecies about Jesus where it said, it's too small of things that I make you a light just to the Jewish people, but I will make you a light to the whole world. Well, when he came down in his physical bodies, he came down only to be a light to the Jewish people. But how was he a light to the whole world? That was when we became born again and he started doing his ministry through us and he manifested himself to all the Gentiles through the disciples and all the people that carried him in their bodies to all the gentiles throughout the world he what became the light of the world because he lights through you and i to shine the light of the glory of the gospel of god in the face of jesus meaning he works through people in the 21st century so that you can see him by perceiving what's that word for perceive? Oreo. Oreo. you can
1: oreo him when you're perceiving with the mind what you're actually seeing it yes. goes beyond just witnessing it or seeing it with your eyes it's seeing it with your eyes but perceiving in your mind that oh my gosh I'm seeing God just like Philip wanting to show that's that haraio word. He said, if you've seen me, if you've haraioed me, you've arrayed the Father. No, I think it's if you've seen me, you've haraioed the Father. Yes,
0: that's why in Corinthians it can say we look at things that are unseen, not things which are seen. How can you look at things that are unseen, like it says in this epistle? You're looking at the unseen Jesus. That's how he could say to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We look at unseen things through seen people and their behavior allows us to perceive, hareo, that it's actually the spirit of God's activity. It's all about manifesting. And Jesus began to teach the apostles quite a bit about manifesting and through the epistles you you learn all about manifesting and how important it is to manifest God through yourself there's actually nothing more important than that
1: that in second corinthians 4 where you just referred to we would look at things that are unseen not on things which are seen for what is seen is it's the per, yeah, it's the word uh, um, kairos, which is seasonal. But what is unseen is eternal, or it's the I am. So we're, when we're going through something, we we don't look at the trial around us. We look at the activity of God in the situation. That's what we scope on. That's what we scope Scopason, yeah yeah that's to look intently because we see God working in this situation and we don't just see the temporary situation that'll pass but the activity of God remains forever the activity of God stores us treasures in heaven which is another one of the parables yes yes absolutely in That's what we're training our eyes
0: to see. Like it says in Hebrews, they've trained their senses to discern good from evil. We've already learned how to look at good and evil from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But training your senses to discern good from evil, hurrayo, good from evil, is to understand only God is good in, like Paul said in Romans 7... I'm not good. Only evil dwells in you. I can do no good thing. Only the evil dwells in me. If you see Paul in his own effort, you see evil. You've trained your senses to see whether evil is the human nature or good is the spirit of God working through somebody. You've trained your senses to discern whether it's God or The human nature speaking through somebody. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians we don't judge people by appearance. Yeah. We judge not by outward appearance. We judge by the manifestation of the nature, either the human nature or the divine nature coming through a person. And that's why we want to turn the corner and start looking at what all the Bible talks about about
1: The idea of manifesting God. So let's see if this holds up with the parables and what the Spirit actually shows us. Okay. So let me read three parables. Okay. And let's see if these parables are actually hiding a truth that we've been talking about a long time. Flesh and Spirit or the energy of God versus human effort. Let's see if they actually hold up. Amen. Let's Let's see if this makes sense in the upper room discourse where Jesus says, I'm going to make you a clean vessel. I'm going to make you ready to be a an abode for the Spirit of God to manifest what God does through you. Let's see if that's true.
0: Guys, did you get that what Bill said? He said it well.
1: Well, you could say it better. Say yeah, anything.
0: he said, I'm going to make you guys the abodes that I live through so that I can manifest through you and do for you
1: what you can't do for yourself. Like in First John, no one has ever seen God at any time, but when we love one another, God is made manifest.
0: God is made manifest by the action of love. When you see somebody loving, agape loving his brother or sister, you are seeing God through that person. God is manifesting himself. And you are literally looking at the God of the universe using a vessel right in front of your face. Do you know how fantastic that is? That is what this new covenant about is about. It's about realizing and seeing all God's activity here on this kingdom on earth that he's created. He's got a kingdom and he's got many vessels and he is active through each and every one of them. And he's all around you doing all kinds of things and we don't notice it because we haven't learned about it. We haven't learned what these parables are trying
1: to tell us when they get unpacked. So I'm going to put three parables together. And I'm going to tell you the conclusion I always came up with is don't know what that parable means, don't know what that parable means, but at the end of time God's going to take good people and bad people and separate them. Yeah. That's a, That's what it meant. Yeah. And I hope I've done enough good to be on the the roll of the good people. Yeah. Didn't know how that worked, but I never really felt confident Mm -hmm. that that I was on the good roll. No. So, let me read it. Then I'll let guard dog Steve explain what I was seeing but not understanding. Amen. Okay, I'm going to start in Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it so there's two parables the kingdom of god is like a man that Found a treasure that was hidden, and bought the whole field. To me, it seems like he was in a really good bargaining position, <laughs> since no one knew the treasure was there. Yeah, yeah. Is that why he endured the cross? Yep. What does that mean, Steve?
0: Yeah, I, I think it relates to the the value of the Holy Spirit that was sent down from heaven to live in us this guy found a field with something so valuable in it that he hid it and bought the field so that he could have this holy spirit and live by the power of the holy spirit just like the other merchant that bought the pearl in kept it too, sold everything that they had to, to do that. That's the same thing as in Philippians where Paul said, I was the Pharisee of Pharisees and as far as legalistic righteousness, I was faultless, but I count all that as dung, as cow manure in view of the surpassing value Of experiencing Christ In other words Once he found the Holy Spirit And what it was like to experience the Holy Spirit He didn't care about any of the worldly possessions anymore Because they just don't compare to the value of experiencing the Holy Spirit And that was given to us in parabolic form Or a form of a parable but we didn't see it. And we didn't see it, but the epistles where Paul just blatantly says it, the Holy Spirit has more value than anything on this planet, on the entire planet. There's nothing more valuable than experiencing God, not the greatest boat, not the biggest house, not the best job. None of those things, all of those things pale in comparison to just experiencing God working through you the God of the universe using you as a vessel that he works through Do you remember when they asked Jesus why are these people praising you and Jesus says if these people didn't praise me God would use the rocks to praise me he can use anything he wants to praise him but he chose to use us as the vessels, as the instruments that he works through. He set the whole new covenant up. He said, I'll place my spirit in you and do for you what you can't do for yourself. I'm making a whole new covenant and you're going to be the vessels that I use and I am going to work through you and you are going to let your works shine, in a way that they glorify God is what Jesus said in, in Matthew 5 14. Let your works shine so that they glorify your father who's in heaven. I didn't do the good. I didn't do the good that you just saw happen. It was God in me doing the good. Don't let my works glorify God. In other words just say to God be the glory for what you just saw me do, because it wasn't me in my human nature doing it. Although I wish to do it, the wishing is in me, but the doing of good is not, Paul in Romans 7, 18. The wishing is in me, but the doing of good is not. I always wish to do what you just saw me do, but I can tell you it wasn't me it was God in me doing what you just saw me do he is the source of me being able to do what you see me do and if you want to have that type of life and shine as that exemplary Christian rely on him and you can shine
1: too so the treasure is actually the Holy Spirit and Amen. the pearl of great price is actually the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And he redeemed us, meaning worthy field, mm-hmm. worthy earthen vessel. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anywhere where it says that mm-hmm. since we have the Holy Spirit to understand that? Yes. Yes. There is. Yes, there is. One of my favorite verses, 2 yes. Corinthians 4, I think it's <laughs> 6. <laughs> okay. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness. Remember, we could sex see. Six. That yeah. is Cause his light to shine in our darkened hearts so that we would have the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have this treasure, this pearl of great price. Where? In the field that he bought back and redeemed. He bought the whole field. He bought us. To to get get the pearl. So that the pearl can stay in us. God who let light shine out of darkness caused his light to shine in us so that we would see the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have this treasure in jars of clay that the surpassing excellency would be clearly manifest, clearly seen to be of God and not of us. When you've seen us doing these pearls of great price, you've seen the Father doing it. You've seen the Holy Spirit doing it. The Father, Son, and Spirit are one. Clearly seen that the
0: surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not ourselves. It's
1: obvious seeing.
0: obvious that it's God and not us doing these good deeds. It's God. And we're to give God the glory because we have just manifested God. Do you see what an intricate part of the new covenant manifesting is? Like I said, it's the essence of the new covenant. It's what we were put on this planet to do, to be the vessels that God manifests himself through us. We are the instrument that he uses And what a glorious privilege it is. What a glorious privilege it is. He could use a rock if he wanted to.
1: But we see now how the upper room discourse, when he spoke plainly, was saying the same things these parables were saying in hidden figures without the spirit to interpret them. Exactly. Remember he said the kingdom of God is like a man that goes away on a journey? Mm Mm-hmm. And Jesus in the upper room discourse said, I'm going away. Yes. It was talking about the same thing, wasn't yes. it? Yes. One was hidden. One was spoken plainly. Plainly of. And he said, I'll leave you with talents. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And these talents, we looked it up in the Greek. They, would, they were weights of measure first used to weigh the value of silver, gold, and costly stone.
0: Not wood, hay, and stubble, like it says in First Corinthians 3. Because we can produce either wood, hay, and stubble, or we can produce gold and costly jewelry that is measured by talents.
1: Remember in First Corinthians 3, the wood, hay, and stubble get burned up. Burned up. Same thing in the parables. They just, they get burned up. They're like chaff.
0: Yes, yes.
1: But... The silver, gold, and costly stone is clearly seen to be from God and not from us.
0: It's God doing his thing through us. And if you realize that, then you'll see the activity of God each and every day of your life. You'll see God manifest himself through you or the people around you. Each and every day, you won't miss a day without seeing the activity of God. It's everywhere,
1: and it's all the time. What if you don't see the activity of God? Isn't that the end of the parable, the guy that had one talent and he buried it? What was the reason he buried it? He didn't see God in the clear light, did he? Yes. He thought God was someone that demanded what he didn't give. He wanted pearls from people that could not produce pearls.
0: Yes, yes.
1: He wanted silver, gold, and costly stone from people that couldn't produce it. So he said, I buried it. Yes. But now the Spirit has come, right? Yes, yes. 1 Corinthians 2. And the Spirit teaches us all the things that are freely given to us. And... Throws out the cause and effect, religious thinking, Dreadmill. human effort. if you do this, then you'll get this, but if you do bad, you'll get this. All that gets thrown out the window with this new way of thinking, which is what we've been trying to say is a manifestation of the Spirit of God. That's the, the silver golden costly zone is a manifestation of the Spirit of God. The pearl of great price is a manifestation of the Spirit of God. And it's clear that the earthen vessel, uh, the the treasure in jars of clays is not of us, but it's of God. It says, may be clearly seen that it's not of us. <laughs> not an iffy thing. Not an iffy thing. Let, let me just read the Stand passage. He has a good day once in a while. Yeah, no, no, it's clearly seen.
0: Steve That did not Steve come had, from Steve Steve has never had a good day Although he's wished To do good, Romans 7, 18 Okay, let me just Read what Bill Quoted earlier Just nice And slow and let's Absorb it God who said Let light Shine out of darkness Is the one who has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the experience of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He's given us the light. Didn't didn't we just say you don't hide the light, but you shine it throughout the room and you say that it is not of me, but you shine the light so that your Father in heaven is glorified? Yes. Okay.
1: Really glorified.
0: The light of the experience of the glory of God. Do you realize it's telling you that you're actually experiencing God glorify himself? Do you see what this verse is telling you? That you can actually feel God glorifying himself in you, coming right out of you, In doing something cool that you couldn't do. And it shows the very face of Christ. If you've seen good coming out of me, you have seen the face of Christ. Philip, have I been with you so long? If you've seen me do good, you've seen God. Keep trying to say the same thing so that we get the mental picture that when you see a person do something good, you are seeing God moving in that person and it goes on to say we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not of ourselves and then it says we carry about in our body the dying of Christ so that the life get a load of this the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body tell me if it doesn't say that verbatim in 2nd Corinthians 4 10 and 11 that his life would be manifested in our mortal body he repeats the same phrase for the death of Christ's sake that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh that the life of christ may be manifested in our mortal flesh that he would put to death the deeds of our human nature in adam who tries so hard to please god put to death that human nature and manifest the life of jesus christ through us all these scriptures are telling us the same thing that The Christian life is about manifesting the life of Jesus. Let me say that again. The Christian life is about manifesting the life of Jesus. You heard me clearly. I said the Christian life is about manifesting the life of Jesus. You carry him around in your earthly body. That's why in Galatians it it can say, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live in the body, I live by the faithfulness of Christ. His faithfulness comes through me. I don't live by the faithfulness of Steve, because Steve's not faithful. But the faithfulness of Christ living in me and manifesting himself through me is what I live by and what I live for. And I'll tell you the truth, it's what I'm addicted to. I'm constantly looking for my fix of a supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. You know, Philippians says, I will not be put to shame in anything because of your prayers and a supply of the spirit of the life of Christ. He gets the supply of the Spirit. That's what I'm addicted to, is getting my supply of the life of Christ to come through me every day. That is my spiritual high, and I look for it all day long just to be used as the vessel that God uses. That's the height of my day. Anytime
1: He does, like hopefully right now. I like this here where it says, even though... Right after he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay, earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power of God may be clearly seen. But we have the, uh, even though we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body that one always never knew how to explain it but carrying around the death of Jesus it is realizing that he died the perfect life he lived the perfect life. He, yes he lived the perfect life and he died for everything we unperfectly did we we always remember that so that we remember that we're always seen as forgiven christians
0: my my mistake i I just made a mistake that day oh yeah that's right that's what jesus died for he died for that mistake i just made we carried out the the
1: dying of jesus always throughout the day Isn't that what Jesus said when I go to make you ready? Yes. He prepared us as clean vessels. Yes. That's the same thing as saying always carrying about us the death of Christ. Never forgetting that we've been made ready. That the slate has been wiped clean. We were prepared for vessels to hold this treasure in jars of clay. Because when we lose sight of that, we'll go back to thinking that we can earn this privilege to manifest Christ. And w- once we get back on that track again, we're thinking Old Covenant style. And we're misunderstanding the parables again. We're thinking, you be a good tree. Don't be a bad tree. Never understand, never understanding that all our human effort was the bad tree. All our human effort was the flesh. All our unrighteousness was put on Christ and he took it all away. So we never forget that. And if you never forget that, you're always like he said in the Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance of me in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, he says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us. Our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Well, they have it in two verses. In Matthew six, I think it is in Matthew six, it's it's actually one thought. He's actually saying, "Give us the day our daily bread." Well, that bread comes from the word "eros," meaning to take away or lift off. So the daily bread is actually out of the same word in John one twenty nine. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And it says when. We realize the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It is the same thing as never forgetting the dying of Christ in our body. Removing that sin from our life, paid in full. Which goes into the next verse. Give us this day our daily bread. Remind us that the sin debt has been paid in full. And then it says then you can f- forgive other people. You can forgive other people. He who's forgiven much loves much. He told that to the woman, the prostitute that was, remember crying and wiping, cleaning his feet with, his, with her hair and their tears. And Jesus, they said, why is she doing that? And she says, he, Jesus says, the one who is forgiven much loves much but the one who is forgiven little, loves little. Does that mean that some people don't need forgiven a lot? No. It means they don't have an appreciation of how much they've been forgiven. They don't have, they're not remembering the death of Christ in them. And if you're not remembering how much you've forgiven, if you're not remembering the death of Christ and what he paid for, then you don't Feel forgiven much, and if you don't feel forgiven much, you don't love much. And love, when we love one another, God is made manifest. That's why it's so important to never forget this amazing debt that Jesus paid, because that type of mindset is the mindset that realizes, not only am I forgiven, but I had a lot to be forgiven, so how dare I hold it against this other person? You know, person, because we love to find people worse off than us so we can compare ourselves. But all the comparison is out the window now in this new covenant. Wipe the slate clean. So all that to say this, that the light shines greatest when there's an appreciation of the finished work of Christ, what he did on the cross and why he did it. Remember it says in Hebrews, is it 13, for the joy set before him? What does that mean? It wasn't going through that. He didn't want to go through that. It was what it would accomplish. That's why he did it.
0: So we really need to remember about the dying of Christ and what it paid for when we've had a very, very bad
1: day. If you want to manifest his life, never forget what he accomplished through his death. Yes.
0: And when you've had a bad day, that's when it's most important to yes. remember his sacrifice because his sacrifice accounted for all the things that we did that we're ashamed of. But you have to realize it counted for all the things that we did that we're proud of too and also burned up in Christ.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's so sad that we think the Holy Spirit is come to point out all the bad things we did when it's actually pointing out the price he paid to forgive all the bad you did exactly the spirit comes to tell you you're righteous yes, yes. it's exactly, exactly what it says in
0: hebrews 10 someone it?
1: said that something to me about podcast. Uh, i didn't realize we we actually say the holy spirit convicts the believer of sin And then the next thing says, because they don't believe on Jesus. So put that together. (laughs) The Holy Spirit convicts the believer of not believing.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. What?
1: That's what the passage
0: would have to say if it was talking about believers. But But it's it's saying the Holy Spirit convicted the world of sin, sin, not the believer. Because they don't believe. Because the world doesn't believe, right, convicts us of righteousness because we do believe. He's consigned
1: all into unbelief, so and that he we can have carry mercy around all. that
0: death right in our memory banks each and every day for
1: the moments that we're ashamed of. That's why we, we do the Lord's Supper often, yes, and in remembrance of what He did
0: in remembrance of what he did.
1: Making you a clean vessel.
0: Yes. So that
1: the light can now shine.
0: And I believe we'll probably speak more and more on this subject because it is not a subject that you just breeze over. This is a huge part of the foundation of the... Christian new covenant life is understanding that you're the vessel that God manifests himself through and that's what you're waiting on the Lord those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength exchange their strength well you're waiting on the Lord to manifest himself through and then you're it's like you're riding on eagle's wings you the hope of glory Christ in you Christ in you the hope of glory you, you, you're actually doing something glorious when Christ is manifesting himself through you
1: so, from what I understand there's not a lot of eagle effort when they fly I, I think they just put wings their wings out, out and the, the wind or the spirit the numa. The numa does the work do you, do you want to close us in prayer or do you... yeah go ahead
0: Father God thank you for just allowing us to have a podcast where we can let the rivers of living water flow from our belly because Bill and I really need to, but allow us in the coming months to cause an understanding of what the new covenant talks about and teaches us about, how it teaches us about manifesting and how important manifesting the spirit of God is because That's the essence of the new covenant. I make a new covenant with you and I put my spirit in you to do for you what you can't do for yourself. It manifests itself. That's what the new covenant was. He put himself in you to manifest through you. And Father, that's what we want to come to a greater realization of. In the coming months. And it's in your son's name that we ask these things. Amen. 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 Good night,
1: you guys. We love you all.
0: Yes, thank you. Be blessed.